Hey, everybody, Chris here. If you've been following the things I do, you might have heard me mention a big podcast project that I've been working on. And it's finally officially on its way, one week away to be exact. And I really think it's the coolest thing out there in the climbing podcast world. See, when I started climbing, I devoured the stories, the actual stories, ones that gave context and connected events and told of how a climber was inspired to do the things they did, how they were changed by it, and how the sport was changed by them. But honestly, we just aren't getting those same stories anymore. We're on a constant cycle of 60-second video bites or hour-long interviews that somehow try to fit a whole lifetime into them. And what I want to hear are the stories, the real, deeper stories. So I enlisted help from my friends Riley Rush and Emily Holland, and together we're doing something about it. My new show, Written in Stone, is the podcast I want to hear. And it's something unique. I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like it. Each season will focus on 10 of the most important ascents from a specific decade in rock climbing history. Each ascent will get several episodes. First, a narrated, sound-designed, and scored story. And that story will then be followed by a conversation or two with some of the world's best climbers about how they were inspired by these roots, these boulders, or the climbers from way back then. And we're starting with the 1990s. The first official episode comes out next week, October 30th, but the trailer is out right now, and I'm dropping it here for you to listen to. It'll give you a taste of what you'll be hearing throughout the season. And this thing is supported by Tension Climbing and, of course, Power Company Climbing. And throughout the season, by using the discount codes you'll be hearing about and entering the giveaways, you can let those companies know how much you appreciate them making this thing happen, which in turn will lead to season two. Search Written in Stone wherever you get pods and get subscribed so you don't miss the debut. It's one of the coolest stories in climbing history. You probably haven't heard it, and it's about one of the best climbers the world has ever known. All right, let's get into it. As climbing moved into the third millennium, it was in a good place. Standards were sky high. Bolts and sport climbing had opened up previously unprotectable terrain, and the movement itself had become more dynamic and gymnastic. It was no longer all about the summit of the mountains and the big walls. From 10-foot-tall boulders to 150-foot sport routes, climbers were seeking difficulty. And that's because of what came in the decade before. Ethics had been challenged. The old school drew a line in the sand and the new, younger climbers had all but ignored it, opting instead for a different approach, a smarter approach. They wanted to climb hard things and the old way was holding them back. The French started it and taunted everyone else. Just do it, they cried. And they weren't staying inside their own borders. America, the UK, nowhere was safe from the hangdogging ethics and otherworldly footwork. 
But the Brits quickly got the message. Living on the dole, with difficult terrain everywhere, finger-punishing walls in their cellars, and punk rock erupting from their stereos, they were poised to do the unthinkable. They blasted off into France and launched into orbit before the French climbers even knew what hit them. And the French should have known better because at the start of the decade, one of the loudest, most boisterous climbers in the country had opened his mouth and made a statement that he would, I hope, come to regret. Why? Because Lynn Hill, that's why. Seriously, they should have known better. And so a new battle began, not one of ethics or tactics, but one of dominance, a pissing match of epic proportions that would see some of the best climbers in the world going at it. Antagonizing, yes, but also pushing each other to climb harder and harder and harder, or maybe just a claim that they had. But outside the grade and root name arguments at the upper limits of sport climbing, there were others. Moving the sport forward in their own way. A philosophical German training fiend whose humility seemed to rise above had brought climbing to a new level. And then another, and then another, and he was poised to do it again. Quiet, thoughtful figure with the largest forearms ever seen doing the hardest moves ever done. A team of Wyoming cowboys riding out the worst storm imaginable on the side of a huge remote tower in Pakistan. A ghost in a French forest who would repeatedly raise world standards only to disappear into the trees. And another who would all but close the gender gap and is still criminally overlooked. We'll visit climbing areas that gave rise to legends. Bukes, Semai, Smith Rock, Branson, Fontainebleau, the Basque region of Spain, the Trango Towers, the Frankenjura, Raventor, and of course, Yosemite Valley. I'm Chris Hampton. You're listening to Written in Stone, climbing's most important ascents. This is season one, the 1990s. Over the next 20 plus weeks, every week, you'll hear the stories of 10 of the most important ascents of the 90s, followed by conversations with today's best climbers about how they were inspired by what went down way back then. First two episodes drop October 30th. Everywhere you get pods, subscribe now so you don't miss it. And please tell everyone you know at the gym, at the crack, follow the pod on your friends' phones, and together we can tell the stories of climbing's most important ascents. One decade at a time.